Aren't you reading there, Artie? Not reading. I'm waiting for you guys to start. I, I don't know what's going on here. Got it. We're prepping. Don't you realize, you know, greatness requires on. preparation. God, you can't even listen to it. One fucking thing I ask you to. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> we just lost them. <laughs> That's what he gets for getting so aggravated about everything. Welcome back, everybody, to the Podcast Cosmic, episode 13. Yes, lucky uh, 13. <laughs> We're all back uh -oh. here. Vlad's here. I'm Vlad, crusher of dreams. We're going to go around and say hi, everybody. Papa Memoratus. Yeah, I'm not saying flamethrower. <laughs> you just did. You just did. The jaded hat. Yeah, we're a little bit off today because everybody's kind of discombobulated in terms of where they are on their um, on their screen on our screen. So sorry, everybody. I know there's certain people that are some fans. Basically, the one fan that we have is complaining that everybody needs to be in their spot. Artie needs to be top left as usual, and Keith needs to be bottom right. But we'll do what we can. What are you doing? I just been showing you my look. You know, this is my model. What look? Pose. What look think, are you doing? I think. The not you know people that watch our podcast need to see me in all my glory. So hold on, hold on. Are you pontificating what? What you're gonna? What? How much chunky monkey? Hold on, look at have? this. Look, I'm, I'm, look, look, we're, we're the podcast cosmic. Let me channel the power cosmic. Kirby. <laughs> While you're channeling, welcome everybody. Follow us down below. Like and subscribe. So this week we uh, have some some old topics to discuss because we we were too we're old and forgetful that we didn't really sit and talk about spidey no way home some of us here finally got around to seeing it so we're going back in time so then we, we can cater to certain individuals talking back about it in wax time. okay i'm not queuing up huey lewis in the news so, <laughs> we're going to be talking about moon knight episode three uh we will be talking about some dceu news uh, that that dropped recently with the whole merger that happened with Discovery Plus and uh, eight, what is it Warner? I forgot. Is it Warner? Discovery. Discovery, Discovery. and whatever Warner. And uh, lastly, we're going to be talking about Stranger Things, the the trailer that dropped. But then there's some other real life news that happened. We lost Gilbert Gottfried this week, wow. so we can we'll, we'll give a little bit of shout out to Gilbert, and and as well as. Um, what else was there? There was something else. Oh, in D&D. &D, there was some D&D &D news that Artie's going to go off about. So with that, let's start with... Um, let's start with what we're going to talk about, Spidey. So, Artie, we're going to let you, and Keith, because Keith finally saw it, let you talk about Spidey. Yeah, so, listen, um, I've seen about 90% of the movie in clips and, and... Doesn't count. Yeah, all sort of things. You know me, I'm into trailers. I wasn't about to into like all sorts of like anything, any, anything I could find out about the Marvel movies. I'm really trying to find out and anything that leaks, I'm trying to see. So when the movie dropped and, and they started leaking everything from it, I went directly for it before it got um, taken down or through other ways, found out about it and saw it. So I saw about 90% of the movie. It didn't have the connective tissue. So once it was available for stream or rental, I rented it right away the first day. Um, 
I got to watch it in the comfort of my living room, which is my preferred way to watch any movies. So anybody from the big uh, movie houses uh, listening to our podcast, because I know how you follow us and watch our every move and take our every suggestion, please do streaming first. I'll pay any price to get these movies and watch it while I eat dinner, please. But, um, Were you excited when the CD showed up from Netflix in that little red packet? <laughs> in my day! <laughs> no, but I listen, this movie is... A beautiful movie you know we've gone through it was it was great I, I i i cried multiple times during the movie um it was real love letter to 20 years of spider-man and i think you know you have 20 years of spider-man everybody gets their time to shine you have when you're saying moments. 20 years you mean the cinematic years right? yeah cinematic universe of course you know from you know and then you have you know the heir apparent which was tom holland being the MCU version, who I think is perfectly cast for that version of Spider-Man. Right. He perfectly fits in with them. So it takes nothing away from the other franchise movies or series that we got. Mm -hmm. And this movie pays respect to all of that. All the characters, all the actors, all the storylines. There are so many um, great moments, not just between them, between all the characters throughout the movie. I mean, we all know what it's about. We all know that, you know, he made, you know, um, Tom Holland, Spider-Man is revealed. Peter Parker is revealed to be Spider-Man. It turns his life topsy-turvy. He believes it's ruining the life for him and his friends. More importantly, the people he loves the most in the world, his closest friends. So he goes to Dr. Strange and asks him to whip up some magic and, and make it all go away so everyone forgets him. And then as he starts casting the spell, it interrupts it multiple times to say caveat one, caveat two, caveat three, sending the whole thing haywire and causing a rift in the multiverse that makes anybody who knows who's, who's that he's Spider-Man come into the universe, uh, into our universe. And that has a bigger play in the movie because it's really going to start bringing everybody in and maybe collapse the whole multiverse or something. Um, so all these characters are brought into the movie. And as this starts to happen, you really get sincere, uh, emotive performances by all the actors, interactions between the actors, surprising happenstances or developments with the villains, great stuff with the existing people in the MCU, like, you know, Wong is only in it for a little bit, but it's, it's great. Um, the stuff with Aunt May, I, I didn't know it was gonna be so powerful, right? Not only, you know, I'm sure everybody's seen it by now or heard, Aunt May's death, I thought that was going to be a throwaway. Don't you realize, and the funny thing about it is, at the end of the day, every Spider-Man movie that you've seen up to this is basically a prequel to Spider-Man's journey. Because by yeah. the end of this movie, he is the Spider-Man that we've, that everybody typically would know in the comic. Yep. He's no longer a Tony Stark acolyte. He doesn't have any of the technology. He's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man yeah. down and out. You know, no, you, you know own, what I mean, right? Having to make ends meet. Having to ends meet and all that. His, yeah, so. uh, his Uncle Ben is Aunt May. Right, which is amazing when you think about it, that everything is sort of an iteration. And I know you've mentioned the rooftop scene, right? That the rooftop scene is when when he's grieving and then oh the other Peter show such a powerful scene I like how they all take turns engaging him right because he's in this crisis moment he's thinking about vengeance he's thinking about the most un-spider-man things to do 
And he has his two brothers there, versions of him, who've already experienced it and gone through their own tragedies. Share those moments with him. Right. There are different different iterations and different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just don't do it. They say it's going. It's we understand. It's not just don't do it. We understand. Like, how do they like they convey so much emotion through this movie? And I really wanted to talk about this with you guys a little bit because it started to bother me after I watched the movie and sink in. You know, a lot of other um, producers, directors have been crapping all over the Marvel Universe in superhero movies. And I said, I'm watching this and going, how do you watch this movie and not see, say in and of itself, it's a good movie? Yeah, I know. But, but, but yes, to your point. I absolutely agree. And again, I want Keith to kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to, it's really about for you and Keith. No, but to I, I, I loved it. But the only well, thing I have to say about that is I'm not defending what they're saying, but you do realize that the movie is a payoff for people being invested one in the MCU. But then I've said this a million times before the audacity of what they did in this movie, what Marvel and I, you don't may, you may not want to agree, but Sony as well because it is a Sony property, right? The the way they paid homage to the MCU Spider-Man and then to the other franchises, and then the way they treated, to your point, the characters, the villains, everybody who comes in gets that moment. There is a story beat for everything. There's like the moments between Tom, um, obviously between the Spider-Man, there's the moments between Doc Ock and, and, yeah. and, 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 and Toby. Uh, you know, Alfred Molina. Then there's everything between uh, Andrew Garfield and Jamie Foxx. Everything is paid yeah, off. Oh my God. So, and those little saying? things, those little things at the end of the day, you're like, they just tied up 20 years. No, but that's also good writing in and of itself. Well, writing right? is paramount. But yeah. the thing is, they did something that Andrew Garfield's Spider Man movies couldn't do. Right. They kind of made him a more interesting Peter Parker. Yeah, much more, much well, more. Guys, the thing is, like in his dude, movie, his that, Peter Parker was way off. His Spider-Man was really good. Uh, well, no, where, where I lost it though was was that whole oh, where you lost he it, meaning you know, like where, I, I, like I didn't know. I was just all. Oh, I, was I thought loved, you meant like okay, yeah. <laughs> when he, when uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man saves Zendaya. Oh my God! Holy, it's like even now I'm feeling like this. Like oh, guys, that guys, was so fucking powerful. I was like, God, yeah, they yeah. really got me. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Sorry, sorry. Here's the thing. You guys may not agree with me, but Andrew Garfield was the MVP of that movie. And when you think about emotionally, his emotional them to all be MVPs. Yeah, but really, look, Toby is understated, and he's sort of the older Spider-Man who guides people Mm -hmm. in a very understated sort of way. Tom Holland has a huge emotional arc because of everything that he goes through, and sort of he goes through the ringer. But in terms of redemption, oh yeah, it's really Andrew Garfield oh, yeah. who gets the redemption that he needs. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about Andrew Garfield, the actor. I'm talking about Peter, that Peter Parker. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Before I hand it off to Keith, let me just say a couple of scenes that I really love. So, if you remember, I'm watching it. I'm going, I can't take it. I'm losing it. I'm gonna die. I'm crying. Stay on target. Oh my God! It's there were some scenes like that rooftop scene. Obviously, are really impactful and emotional. I mean, there are comedic scenes in between that are so meaningful too. But, you know, uh, between Spider-Man and Doc Ock, you know, there's mm-hmm. some moments that- are Peter, really, my boy, really Peter, my boy. Oh. Yeah. I, I really, there were two scenes in particular at the end of the movie that really got me that I didn't expect. When, when Tom Holland, Peter Parker, leaves 
the two other Spider-Men and goes talks to his MJ and Ned. That was a really tender moment. And then we're having kind of that epilogue, what the state of affairs is now. And he goes to visit her. That scene is like seven minutes mm -hmm. where he goes to the diner. That was a really good scene. Like I'm watching her in bewilderment. Ned's totally in his own space, right? Because there's no reason for him to interact with anybody. And he's trying to gauge what she sees, what she might remember. And he's having an emotional moment. I was like, this is such did great you pick stuff. Up, did you pick up the little detail? Such as? Did you oh, see yeah, the detail? The She's wearing the Black Dahlia necklace. Yeah, she, so she still has it. So, so deep down inside, she knows, you know, she knows. Ned pays no attention, which is yeah, great. There's going to be a thread there. And the last thing that I really liked was how it ends with him in the apartment. I don't know, something about that. Well, like it's, you were it's, saying, it's Peter. He's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's in this dump. You know, it's not really a dump. It's probably $4,500 a week to live in that space in New well, York. Well, he's living in Manhattan, right? And then you get that costume. And I loved it. I it's the original, it's the real costume, right? It's the real. Yeah, for two that. touches. Yeah, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But I loved it. It was great. Sorry, Keith. Take a no, no. There's two touches with that costume that you forgot. Hmm. The spiders are uh, Toby Maguire's in front and Andrew Garfield's on the back. I did oh, not know that, George. That really, that's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. That is really fucking fun. awesome. Very nice. That is fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it all already. I mean, <clears> it was, a, it was, I think now it is probably my favorite MCU movie. I can't. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah, I'd have to say. I mean, just what it did was uh, was amazing. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and intended, because it was it really was an amazing Spider-Man movie. Um, yeah, I'm nothing but good things to say about it. All the moments you talked about, Artie. Um, yeah, I mean, the great responsibility and how each of them recognized that that wow, person that in their life so great. Yeah. was so wonderful. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, and then that ending scene, yeah, it was long, but it was just like you felt all this. I'm like, great. They, I mean, these, those, those kids, you know, they're not kids anymore, but they, they did fantastic acting, really conveyed a lot in, the, in that scene. Well acted, well directed. I mean, everything down from the lighting and, and just like the mood that it set. I mean, fantastic all around. Uh, and the bed and, you know, the villains. Hmm. You know, I, William Defoe was really fun, man. I, I, he, yeah, I, oh my it God. seemed like he had a great time with it. And it's funny because he wasn't as over the top like in the original movies, I think. He was kind of toned down a little bit. Yeah. But I also like the comic cartoonishness of his outfits. Uh, you know, really fun, like the, the hoodie and everything. It's great. I mean, like, yeah. when he was the goblin in that way, I love it. That's what everyone wanted to kind of see because he has that natural look of like, oh, yeah. and that was missing oh, was the yeah, yeah. tint on his face. Uh, so, and I love that like he broke the mask too. That was, like, to me, that was a great moment. Uh, kind of like a lot of, they took care of a lot of things that people didn't like too, and and made and made them likable. Uh, the electro, with with the, the electric turning into his mask, beautiful, beautiful touch. Cool touch. Yeah. Oh yeah, beautiful touch. Um, and yeah, just a lot of fun stuff, man. It was really just a good movie. I didn't want it to end. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a hard movie. It's a hard movie not to love. I'll be mm -hmm. honest with you. I mean, I I don't know if I put it. I definitely put it in like top five. Definitely, it's and top in terms three. of. Yeah, top, yeah top it's, it's 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 wow. hard not to be it's hard not to it's hard not to look at it that way um uh, it's let me ask you guys um i felt that the movie's cartoonishness was appropriate like there what it, parts it, what, what parts I mean in terms it, of cartoonishness it's, it's a comic book movie in a lot of sense to me it doesn't try to be set in the real world does that make sense not like as much it, has, it plays the comic book themes yeah. really really well it's it's kind of funny when you kind of 
you know, juxtapose it with Batman. You know, like Batman wants to make sure it's like down to earth. It's, you know, it doesn't try to make it seem like it's in any kind of superhero world. Whereas Spider-Man revels in the fact that, hey, we have Doctor Strange living three blocks away. Yeah. You know, right. you know exactly. it's like, I mean. it, it kind of embodies, you know, everything. It, it's swimming in the love of, you know, comic books. Yeah. It's not embarrassed by it. Like the license plates are all you uh, know, comic like book touching issues, on right? various issues of Spider-Man throughout the years. And, right. But and I, I take it like it when they're cute. when they're just making stuff in a laboratory and have everything they need to make, and then <laughs> they're left a machine by Tony Stark that can actually just make stuff that they think of. I mean, that's so comic booky. It's even curvyish to a degree. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's and really it, yeah. It's, it's really it's, great, and you. And, and like you said, George, you don't you don't you don't disbelieve it. You roll with it. Your suspension mm -hmm. of disbelief in the universe really works. Universes. Um, yeah, <laughs> universes. Universe. Another piece that I wonder if you guys how you felt about it. How do you feel about the interactions at the end of the movie? There weren't a lot of them between Tom Holland and Doctor Strange. I thought that was beautiful too. Well, I mean, the thing about Doc, the thing that I always got out of it. There's two things, and it's funny. I was going to bring it up because I wanted to ask you guys what you thought of Doctor Strange. The thing that you realize is that regardless of how arrogant he may be, he like there's a key line earlier and he goes, I forget that you're a kid. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. And there's that moment where he realizes the kid is actually sacrificing everything. everything. Yeah. And you see it affect him. Yes. And that's very powerful. I that's mean, extremely powerful. It goes, it goes, it, it goes back to like that running joke where he goes, "Call me Stephen in the beginning." Right. When he's pissed off with him, he calls, "Call me Doctor Strange." Right. And then at the end, he says, "Stephen." Stephen, because I and think it, one like, of it's like it kind of just made him like at that moment he's like this, you know. And then well, he's it, a, he's grown up. He's become a man. It's almost like he's becoming. It's he's the hero's the journey. Responsibility of the what he's about to do and it's a really cool it's like a you know like a one little line but you know it's where it goes from the beginning of the movie and where it hits you at the end it's just as you know it's more powerful at that end as opposed to like this little throwaway joke throwaway line. and it's all goes back to i'm sorry it goes back to the writing and it's not just the writing about keeping everybody in the mcu proper correct it's also that they went back and honored everybody from the other sony movies and the interactions and everything to a t where you're just like oh man i can't Except believe that yeah. well they did right they did yeah. they, they did was, right he was in the sky though so he was know, in the sky and so was craven apparently yeah and uh he, i think he nailed it you have kind of this stealth kind of like like just that Will, Willem Dafoe amazing uh, performance of like, he just said, I'm diving in. I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to give you. Well, even Molina. Molina oh, was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's was the great. one thing that watching it from the trailers and you don't realize that you're thinking Molina is going to be. And Molina is actually on is a good guy most of the time in the movie like yeah. after that opening scene on the on on uh, on the uh, what is it, the grand central or the uh, the van wick where they fight and he catches him from that point on he's sort of like you know there there is that question that now that they've all quote unquote been rehabilitated 
when they go back to their universes, what does that do to them in their universes? Is that their moment of their death? Do they make it? What happens? And it's like you one of those things that's Personally, I'm not so interested in that. I'm interested in seeing the Tom Holland version of those characters. I feel like it ties up. I mean, ties it up. That's what I felt. Right. I feel, yeah. I just feel like it's whether whatever happens in that universe happens. It's more about what's going on in the Tom Holland universe. And the one thing about Octavius that I think is different than the other characters is you have Willem Dafoe or uh, Osborne who's just freaking nuts and wants to kill Spider-Man, right? You got that part and struggling with that with his multiple personalities. But the other three characters all, all either want to get back home or stay here because they're better off, right? Well, they don't Electro, but Octavius is wondering what the hell is going on. You, right. Even from the beginning, he's like, I don't understand what's going on, right? That's his kind of Another thing that I adored about it was sort of the whole thing about even the villains working with Tom Holland to get a cure to work. Because it's really about the minute that that uh, Norman switches off, right? I mean, switches back. And I love that they're all working together and they're scientists working mm -hmm. together with... So they geek out about that. So it's not a, it's not a broad... There's... For people like us who enjoy this, the comic aspects of this, there's so much there on so many levels where you're like, yeah, that would be awesome. Of course, because they're all science geeks. They wouldn't want to do that. Isn't there that line that Norman says to to him again, like, you figured this out, or like, he, he's looking at it yeah, from a scientist's mind. While he's Osborne, yeah. When he's Osborne, and you're, you're looking, and, and it's moments that he's, that's stuff that he said in the original Spider-Man, and you're like, mm -hmm. these are all callbacks. They have Easter eggs here. Obviously, we didn't even talk about, we didn't even talk about the Daredevil scene, which is, mm -hmm. for anybody, is, is an amazing scene all oh, onto yeah. itself. I didn't realize like, it happened so early in the movie either. Yeah. But then you got to realize from a timing perspective, because you obviously were waiting for Netflix to deliver it to you so to see it. But uh, Matt Murdock's appearance literally happened a week after Wilson Fisk showed up on Hawkeye in real time. So you're yeah. getting both of those characters showing up in the MCU proper. Okay. Within a week. Like, Within a week of each other, so people are people are losing their minds because it's like, course, okay, what does this mean? And the funny thing is, if you saw the movie after Hawkeye, remember in Hawkeye they go, oh, I can't wait to see what they do to the statue. Like Yelena was saying how she wants to see the Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. And then you see what they were doing to the Statue of Liberty in Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, like you I know, don't know if the shield. Yeah, they're, they're, but he was saying I didn't know if I liked the shield or not. And someone was yeah, they that. got it really wrapped up tight. Fighting your page, fight. He's really doing an amazing job. Two things that I wonder about you, that your thoughts on that I think one thing is a question and the other is kind of an observation. I'll do the observation first. Is that I remember at the end of this you had the trailer for the not the trailer like the the long trailer the first long trailer for. Um, Multiverse of Madness, Madness, and I was so excited when that dropped. But the question I was going to ask you is: so we got the post credit, the mid credit scene, Venom. Right? Venom. with Venom. Let me ask you: did leave a piece of Venom in our in Tom Holland's MCEU universe? Yes. What do, you, do you think that's deliberate or a tease? Do you think they're going to do a different version? I think it's deliberate because what they want. I think what Kevin, what Marvel wants to do is have Venom, but not. Tom Hardy, Sony Venom. I think they want to do Venom their way. Mm -hmm. So you and think that's in the cards? I think that's their way of controlling what Venom does in the Tom Holland universe. Verse. But it would would it be Sony Ven like a, like a partnership like the like it's the, be like a partnership? It would have like to be. Spider it would have it will to be like the Spider Man movies are, but Marvel will oversee it. 
I can't wait to see that because it's going to look a million times better because I can't look at Venom. That's Remember what I said the last better. time, though, as long as Sony has rights, the fuckery will continue, and it's going to continue with more, like Morbius came out, Nexus Craven, and then Madam Web, and then yeah, whatever else. Yeah, but you want to see Craven and Madam Web? That's kind of <laughs> the hottest. crazy. They Web. could potentially just shove it off as those are multiverses, though. Well, but, they, 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 they... Go ahead, George. I mean, they could. I think that's what Marvel... Is kind of doing. I think they're expecting their fans to realize, hey, Sony can do whatever. The f that's why you kind of don't see like the, the promotional muscle of Marvel behind something like Morbius, behind something like you know, you don't see I, that makes sense. Quality shows because Morbius drops seventy five percent or something, which is like a fucking record <laughs> the second week. Oh. The differences yeah. in quality, the Venom movies, you can enjoy for being shit-tastic, but are you ever going to mistake it for an MCU movie? No. Even for Eternals, you're not. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it's different quality, different standards, there's different things to it. So It's I so funny, like some of the like, minutia. You yeah. want in the Sony-verse. <laughs> It's so funny the minutia that they have, Sony and Marvel has. I, I I saw this on another on another video where when you do the Marvel Studios logo at the beginning and you know you have all the different characters, Spidey only shows up in Sony movies. Oh whenever they whenever they show Marvel Studios for any other movie, hmm. Spidey's even the Avengers, not in it. even Underoos Avengers? Yeah, anything with Sony. Spider-Man, look, Spider-Man, the only movie, the remember, the That's only movie top. that wasn't Sony was in Sony where Mar where they showed, the, his introduction was in Civil War, and that was a true MCU movie, but my understanding was that was the agreement, and then okay. the movies after that were Sony movies. Okay. So, uh, uh, with, the uh, with the exception of... Infinity, Infinity the Infinity, uh, the Infinity movies. Well, yeah, and just I, I just said it. I just don't want it to get missed. Under Ruse is my favorite moment in all the movies. Really? Yeah, that's my favorite. You remember, I lost it with that. I lost it because I didn't I hear you say it, I, I, said, I can't I take it though. I didn't like, hear you say I can't there, take it. I, I, I was just going crazy because I just remember seeing him and saying, "Oh my God, they got him right. They got him right. It's Spider Man." It's just like boom. And then you had that first interaction with him and Cap when they're fighting. Brooklyn, Queens. Oh, yeah. my God. That's just, Oh, my yeah, God. I, I mean, Marvel could do no wrong. So cast whoever you want, Fantastic Four, whoever you got. It. All right, what else are we talking about here? I we're, love we're, we're still on a Marvel roll. So you got a question. What would you say, Keith? Oh, no. I already said he had an observation. Oh, my question is about question. Venom, whether you think he's going to show up. And What was your observation? Oh, my observation was uh, just they had great moments and scenes in it. Like that scene where they, all three of them swing, that that time when they decide to go to the um, Empire State, not the Empire State Building, the Statue of Liberty, and they do that. That is up there to me with Underoos and 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 you know Thor um, Wakanda, Avengers Assemble, you know Avengers so, Assemble. Oh my God, Thor and Wakanda! Oh my God, my mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we we're gonna have to have that discussion. We're gonna have to come up with each of our top ten Marvel MCU moments. So you do, oh boy. Yeah, we'll do that. And also our favorite movies, because I don't think it's in, this movie is in my top three, but it's definitely in my top five. It's not really? in your top three? Really? It's not. No, wow. because you got Civil War. I love Civil War. I love Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. And I love Endgame. I mean, you see, Endgame I would is, say Endgame and in, uh, Infinity War and Endgame are like one movie. Okay. So that would be my top. My second one would probably be Winter Soldier. 
And third would be No Way Home. And I, it's legit. I think that's a good third. Like, I'm not, I, I can see it. Just for me, there's the other stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's great. It's great. Vlad, and, since we're talking about it. Uh, in terms of best, best MCU movie? Favorite. Um, wow. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm, Winter Soldier is definitely in there for me. Uh, I, I think it'll probably be Endgame because of of the culmination of what it was. To me, it's the greatest. The the portal scene. Look, the you're literally talking about three minutes of Cap with Mjolnir, and then going into portals. If that doesn't doesn't send a grown man to tears yeah, of elation. I don't know what doesn't, but those two scenes alone and sort of the fact that the final battle and Tony's, that's 45 minutes of a two and a half hour movie <laughs> that you, that, that, and, and, and for me, my heart can basically only take it up until I hear, I hear T'Challa yell and they go fighting into the thing. And that, and right before you think you catch your breath, Tony's hugging Peter. And, you know, at that scene, and then you're like, oh, my God, I can't stop. And then everything that happens, the end game is up there, but I think uh, Winter Soldier is because it completely subverted subverted um, expectations of what kind of a movie it could be. It was a political thriller yep. with so much character development. The fact that I love that they brought in Natasha as his number two and they create this whole relationship. It's not a romantic relationship. It's something else. I loved it, uh, and No Way Home, the audacity of what No Way Home, it's yeah. impossible for me not to put No Way Home up there. The, the certain, like, after that, you know, there's there's obviously the scenes in, you know, Avengers, again, it was the audacity of what they, I'm talking about the first Avengers. I mean, it's a good movie. It's a, it's a solid movie, yep. uh, but I don't think it's perfection all the way through. You know what I mean? I, I think it's, uh, I think it's, um, it has its moments, and obviously the last moment. I think the writing in that is great. Um, God, I would have to go through and think about what the other movies are. Oh, we're doing um, top five or top three? Top five, obviously. I, I think Endgame is in there. Doing, Definitely Winter Soldier. Civil War is in there, too, in the top five. No Way Home is in there, no question. And then my, rounding out the top five, um, wow, it'll it would... It's not Guardians. I'm not. I, I. I know. I've told you guys before. I'm not. A, I'm not. You know. I'm not invested in I Guardians. Mean, you know, again, it's Guardians is. I mean, it's a fun movie. You can't. It's, it's not, a fun movie, but I don't think it's a definitive movie. You know. No, it's, but it's not. It doesn't have. <sighs> shit. Top five. Wow. I mean, Black Maybe Panther was Ragnarok. Black Panther was great. I think Maybe it was for Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, and here's the thing about Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I love Thor Ragnarok, but the problem with Thor, and Artie knows this, the problem is Ragnarok is a serious as fuck thing to happen to Asgard. Mm -hmm. When you kind of make it an afterthought about what happens to Asgard <laughs> and make it a comedy, which is a great comedy, don't get me wrong. And then when you go back and you watch Ragnarok, it's great. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. The whole opening scene with Surtur is great. Everything that happens is great with the Hulk, the whole... Mm -hmm. But Ragnarok is the destruction of Asgard. It's, and it's, it's an Ragnarok if assistant editor's month. Right. It's sort of like, you know, you know, the, you know it's Ragnarok like... Ragnarok light, light. 
it's like the second unit, the second unit of, of suitors minions took it out while everybody else was like off doing something else. And that's sort of the thing. Odin's not in it. You know, Odin's not at Ragnarok. Yeah, you didn't have your moment from the book. I know. But it's not only that, but it's like, and then I'll be honest with you. What's really, it's hard to watch Ragnarok now knowing what happens at the beginning of Infinity War. Because literally the the pre-credit scene in 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 yeah. uh, Infinity War basically brutal. make is brutal. Yeah. It's fucking brutal. So it just um, sets the tone for the entire movie, though. Right. It's basically we're not taking prisoners. Yeah. We're not taking any prisoners, and it's 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 look and there. That's why Infinity War might also be up there because again, what they do in I Infinity consider War them one movie, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I guess you can. You can. I think it's, it's the culmination of twenty something movies um i think it's funny i mean anything the audacity of that movie too for for them to throw in a time travel heist yeah yeah keith what was yours um i don't know george has a pretty good top three for sure um i mean like no way home Still, like I said, could be my favorite, but yeah, I think I like like how you you, you uh, labeled it. Then the last two, um, I really like Doctor Strange. Oh wow! Um, I think that might be up there. Really? Um, wow, that's an interesting one. To have a lot of people I know like Doctor Strange. They yeah, just really something about like it was just so, was really fun for me. Um, it was fun. It captured the comics really well. It was very trippy. Yeah, yeah. you know, I liked, I liked all the actors in it. Um, you know, even like the uh, Tilda Swanson as the ancient one. Yeah, Tilda <laughs> Swinton. Um, Tilda Swinton. Um, you're gonna get you're gonna get corrected now. No, to... that's fine. Um, and then uh, the last one, I don't know. I mean, that's it's, it's a toss up. There's so many. They're all really good. So and it just depends, I guess, on my mood at the time. I mean, I mean, for me, it's really yeah. It comes back to scenes. And I think we need to talk about the scenes. And uh, oh, if you talk know. about scenes, right. yeah, it's like a whole podcast by itself. It's yeah, a whole we'll podcast by itself. For us to talk about. That's definitely because there's too many scenes to not talk about. Um, and then you're just going to be like all geeked out and shit. Yep. Um, so uh, then now let's let's switch gears over to Moon Knight, right? Mm-hmm. Moon Knight episode three. What did everybody yeah. think? I enjoyed it. It was a fun show. Um, it kind of. I think it tied itself a little bit more to the uh, MCU now with that mention of, of Spectre being in Madripoor. That's right. Yes. Yep. Yes. But now, did he work for the Shadow Broker? Mm-hmm. You know, if he's a mercenary. Well, the Power Broker. Um, power Broker. Power Broker, right? Power Broker. Sorry. Shit. Shadow, <laughs> hey, shadow Broker. Is that, for that. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, you know, it's basically them going to Egypt to try and stop. Harrow from reaching the tomb of Ahmet and finding out how much the other gods hate Kanshu. <laughs> He's a bit of a jerk. I mean he, really I mean, he is, but who does he remind it, you of, guys? <laughs> you know, I don't know. <clears throat> where, where I am. Just... <laughs> um, it's also interesting though, because like I, I think uh it kind of adds like like the egyptian mythos to the mcu again and discovering that each god has an avatar on earth then kind of makes all right that's why Kanshu has had harrow has mark specter um which is an interesting development 
And of course, the possibility of who the third personality is. Because there is that scene where those guys end up dead and, you know, Steve Grant is blaming Spectre and Spectre's like, it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, now there's, you know, Jake Lockley, I guess. So interesting development. I think that one fight scene with, uh, what's his name? Um, Margo? Was that the French his name? dude? The French guy on the horseback? Yeah. Yeah. That was Disney Dark. That was. That was Disney Dark. That was Disney Dark. Hashtag, hashtag Disney Dark. Disney Dark. Yeah. You know, it was, there was, it was no, a, there's a lot of death. There was a lot of death. Well, there's in, death and blood and knives at people's necks. You know, even though. And suicide, too. Mm-hmm. And suicide. Yeah, I, that was, I was really surprised that they went with that. Yeah. And Kanchu was like, oh, he, he won't, he'll talk. He won't. And then he's like, oh, I thought he would talk. And he just turned around, walked away like that. <laughs> what I liked about it is what I got from those scenes, though, you know, believe it or not, in, in, in Egypt, or if that's where they were, I can't remember specifically, it really had a Raiders of the Lost Ark vibe to it. And I think maybe it's just me, but when I'm listening to the music, I also get that vibe. Like well, it's supposed there. to be Egyptian music. They're, yeah, they're really... so I, it's kind of like has that feeling. And then you have that continuous, again, I know I mentioned this before, that kind of like um, universal monsters kind of like type of horror in it. Like even when you go to the tombs, you're feeling it, you know, hey, have that. Whatever, that was hilarious when you did the last <laughs> time. But it's, I, I, I enjoyed it. And I thought some of the scenes were legitimately be- beautiful. When he turns back the sky at night and uses that was kind power of wild. to do that, that was a really, really nice looking scene. Yeah. You know, and it was cool, like the, the color and, and everything. It's just, but I do, and, and basically yeah. they do that so they can figure out the star map to find out where the tomb is. But something that I don't get now with him trapped, is he going to have powers? Is he going to have access? To I think tomb? that's sort of alluded that he might not have the powers right now, right? Yeah, because remember, he was getting weaker as Kanchu was disappearing. Okay, so that's going to be an interesting. So I think what ends up happening, I, I mean, I'm going to call it now that it's like really like. Steven has to work with Mark, like the different aspects of you have the muscle and you have the brains having to work they together. Tell Spectre to get free me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you cannot say enough about Oscar Isaac. Well, Oscar this, Isaac this is episode, the tour de this force. This episode, he was like fucking amazing. When that he's channeling where... Conchu, when he's, when he's with the gods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, but he like when he goes from when like when he's trying to read the map and he knows he has to get Steven to read the map. Yeah. And then also just the way his like his body and then the his facial reaction is just like it's really great. You know, I loved it when he was talking to the gods, having cracking me up. <laughs> that was great. I mean, but also I- the scene he goes, Are you broken? And he just like looks up and he's like, Yeah, but but there's still a mystery about there's still the mystery about how broken was he prior? You know, are they I'm wondering if they're going to do because they've alluded to Layla's father. Right. They've alluded to to, to that. They've, Garib, I mean, they, they played a little homage to that. So I'm just, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm to your point, Artie, you know, Layla, I'm thinking of Marion Ravenwood. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of Ravenwood, the father who died. He's obviously Mark is like Indy. There's all that sort of thing going. It feels like honestly, the first two episodes felt like. I don't want to say a horror movie, but there were much more, you know, obviously at night there was a lot going on. There was mystery. There was, it was almost like a thriller. And then you, now all of a sudden it becomes, now they're at Tannis. 
Now they're looking, I said this last week, now they're looking for the well of the souls. The only difference now that they've done is now that Harrow has the backing of the gods, right? Well, I think Harrow, I think the one thing we didn't talk about yet is, again, his sinisterness, you know, subdued kind of way that he presents it is all in there. Like when he has, when he picks up the thing to talk to it, the statue of him encased in the stone of Kanshu to give him that little monologue about, you're going to- I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to crush it. No, I I, love that he's, he's powerless. Right. Stop him. And you, you know, you, now you know who did this. I did this to you. I did this. Well, as revenge to what he contributed right. and to I'm, him. I'm wondering if we're ever going to see that because that's the broken piece that has to be resolved. Like that has to come out with Layla and Mark, Mark, right? And it also has to come out with Harrow because something happened. And yeah. I don't know, George, how you feel about this. Do you want it to remain a mystery? Because I know you're, you're really into the Harrow character too. Do you, what, do you want it to remain a mystery? Or do you want to know what occurred? Well, what I mean, because you, you, you can't see the way Kanshu treats Spectre, you know, and you can only imagine what he did to Harrow. And right. obviously, like, Harrow has, like, a different idea of what justice should be. Yeah. So can you, if he kind of went away from, you know, you could kind of extrapolate do you need to know it or will it take away from his does he does he need that kind of do you need that cemented right for him yeah, that's going to be interesting no, I, don't I don't know so. i don't know how i feel about that now that you mention it but i but do want to say that that little up. monologue little for lack of a better term that monologue was great and i think he's the unsung hero to me of the of the series he just how well he's doing playing that he just it's just very understated malevolence in his, his performance but you're touching on the, the the how broken was he Layla did say which one of your personality is this another personality that I haven't seen yet so obviously he's had issues when he was married to her yep that she was aware of yep so it's just, I, I th- yeah I just think it's it's really well written it's 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 interesting i just feel bad that it's only going to be done in three episodes i mean my understanding is that rumblings are it's a limited series there might not be a second season i don't know if that's true or not well the thing is though if if it's this one season and then he starts appearing in the movies or movies you know like like his own does it yeah he exists in our marvel universe now you know that's the thing if he if it's like the shame would be if it, this is like six episodes and then that's it. No more Moon Knight with this, you know, with mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I think that would be the shame of it. I think, no, I don't think. Oh, go ahead, Vlad. I think, because well, people tried to read into that he's only signed to do this, but Marvel has moved towards that in general since after the after phase three, which is basically they're not doing the long-term contracts with people. Right. It's all about the goodwill and then people coming back and wanting to do this. Right. I think, I mean... I don't know what people are thinking. I mean, how popular Moon Knight is. I, I saw something recently saying it's not as... I'm talking about the show. I'm not talking about the comic. It's not... The viewership is not the same as... I can't... I know you're going to... I know this is going to trigger Artie, but our flag equals death has more viewers on HBO Max than than, than Moon Knight does. Really? That was, that I was thought, just that... I thought the ratings were up high for like a series. It's... it's Look, Who knows? So I they think it's get played a couple ways. The way I see they could play it is this. They've established that there's more than one Moon Knight. Mm. So it matters what they do with the show, uh, what they do with 
you know, how they think of putting, fitting him into the movies, uh, et cetera. I'm just happy we got what we got and I'll ride it out and go on to what Mar the MCU on Disney plus gives us next. Yeah. I, the only, yeah. My only thing is that each of these things, whichever, if it's a TV show or a movie adds another, whatever it may be piece to a bigger puzzle. Right. And when it comes to Moon Knight, I'm waiting to see what that puzzle piece to the bigger tapestry is because we haven't seen that yet. Obviously, because there's the questions that are out there. Obviously, we've seen gods. We have we have we have the Egyptian gods now. We've had the as uh, as guardian guard the north the north gods. There's illusions if we if we're hearing this that the Greek gods will appear in Thor: Love and Thunder. Apparently, Zeus potentially may show up. No, he is in it. He is. It's it's, it's Russell Crowe, right? Russell Crowe. But I have a feeling he's in it to die. Yeah, well, whatever the reason he's there. He's to die to establish Hercules. Hopefully, right? Oh, my God. They didn't They didn't ask me to, to appear in it. Yeah, they. well, they asked you to appear in it, but you're going to be playing Puck from Alpha Flight. <laughs> I, I would wear those shorts just to just be <laughs> Can you, you know, flip? Can you do flips? They, they said practice. The uh, they sent it via signal, so maybe you should be checking your messages. Yeah, sure, so, <laughs> exactly right. So you don't think Layla will be the Moon Knight at the end of the series? It's certainly uh, leaning that in, in that right in that regard. I think that's the I think it's the threat, but I don't think. I, 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 yeah, to George's before. point, I think that's the that's the threat, but mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's um, what's supposed to happen. Mm. I think. The whole idea is it's it's to drive Mark to pr it's her, him protecting her unless they go dark and something happens and she becomes then putting eight pole arms through the main character. <laughs> no, I'm talking about dark meaning like Mark sacrifices himself right. and Layla takes over. Like if that's but, one of the well, we I could mean, get a kind of gender Oscar Isaac to do six episodes and then die and then I don't think that's what it is. I think Oscar. I, the I other think thing is either Layla dies or. Mark will forever have the specter of, you know, the, that, that threat hanging over him to be Moon Knight and he'll never relinquish it. They're not going to kill Layla. Layla, first of all, no, Layla. No, not kill her, but like that threat of her being Moon Knight will just drive him to just remain as Moon Knight. But if Conchu's not there now, right? Conchu's, but, but right now that if he's, if he's rendered powerless. Right. What are they going to do? What well, do we what... know? He's going to go into a mental institution. We saw that in the previews. So whether it's a back, you know, going back in time to look at something like the, to see what he did before. So we know they're going to get caught or something's going to happen because there are scenes that you've seen in sort of the previews and trailers of him being in a mental institution. So that's got to play itself out somehow. Mm -hmm. um, so to, to me, it's wherever they go with it, they go. I'm really enjoying the series and I'm willing to go the ride, whether they end it as a one shot series um, whether they do more down the line or they introduce them periodically in uh, Midnight Suns or something or uh, Terror Inc. or whatever they're planning to do with the, the dark Into characters what? in the future. I'm sorry, what? Terror Inc.? What? Terror Inc. He was uh, when Marvel was doing the dark kind of like line of books in the, I think, the early 90s. Hellstrom and all these other books. One of them was Terror Inc. And he was like a guy who sold his soul and stuff like that. Okay. Body parts could be separated and, and stuff like that. So I'm just saying that if they decide to do a darker universe with him in it, I'd be more, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for wherever the MCU wants to take it. Oscar Isaac has already gone on record saying Midnight Sun. Let's go with, let's go with it. 
And if he appears in the werewolf by night thing, like there's, there's rumors are with Blade, then, you know, you kind of. Man, what a good cast. You got What's-His-Face who played Punisher. You got him playing Moon Knight. You got Marshall, what's his name? Marshawn Ali. Marshawn Ali, yeah. Marshawn Mahershala Ali. Sorry, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. Uh, playing Blade. I mean, just think of that. And you have Kit Harrington, that's his name, playing, you know, the Black Knight. And who else? You know, maybe Scarlet Witch, maybe, you know, whoever. I just, I don't even want to think about it. I'm down for wherever the MCU wants to go. And and as long as Feige. Can I ask you a God's, like, an honest question? What does the MCU have to do for you to just not kiss their ass. Well, the one thing that I would like them to do is watch this podcast and actually put me as Puck somewhere in the future film somewhere. <laughs> Just so I could have that in, in the annals of history for you and we could laugh at. Somehow they get me rolling at somebody like Sasquatch <laughs> or something. Enough goodwill in, from, you know, an investment from all of us that they really have to do something really stupid, at least for the next phase or so, to really throw us off and make us not like it. You know, they have two big things coming. Eventually, they got to reveal the FF. And eventually, they got to re reveal the X-Men. And that may be a turning point, you know, mm -hmm. outside of the initial shock of them doing it. So let's see how it goes. I was going to say something, and then I, I go, I'm not going to walk in Vlad's shoes right now, and I just stop myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, Good for you. you and Vlad could be very hurtful people. Me and Keith <laughs> are very nice and thoughtful. Even though Keith channeled both of your evil intent last episode by calling me an asshole. I mean, can I just I'm turn and say something? Because nice. I know exactly what Keith is thinking right now. Keith is going to go, mm. Mm. you know what mm means? <laughs> Let the fool just say whatever he's going to say. <laughs> mm. uh, with that, all the goodwill that we've had about Marvel is about to get flushed down the toilet because we're going to. Wait, wait, wait. Keith didn't say anything about Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Keith. Huh. I'm, uh, all his words for uh, his yeah. quota for. Um, no way home, and now he's got nothing left. That's right. No, no I really enjoyed it. On. Really enjoyed it. It was fun. <clears throat> um, a lot of revealing stuff. I'm curious what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I mean, the, the gods thing is going to be interesting. I like how they they said this: the gods left as a way to kind of keep them out of the MCU type of like the bigger events that were happening. Isn't that the Eternals? <laughs> pretty the much. Eternals yeah. Did? yeah, pretty much. Uh, so yeah, I think it worked out well. We'll see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Don't make me defend the Eternals again. Or me. I don't know. Vlad just doesn't like it. You know. <laughs> Sorry, Captain America wasn't in it. It's not about that, okay? Nah. Oh, you know, I mean, I could I could throw Dread at you. I mean, we could go back to Dread. Oh, okay. We don't need to go back to Dread. That's not MCU. Nobody like nobody cares about Dread. Nobody's talking about it. I Shut up. Don't be an idiot right now. Oh, here we go. Don't be stupid. Don't be no, stupid. What's the greatest movie of all time? Brain, Brain Smasher, a love story. Brain Smasher, a love story. You liked Ford Fairlane, Ford Fairlane, didn't you? I saw it opening night. <laughs> no. All right, Vlad, where are you taking us? You're taking us to DCEU news? Yeah, DCEU. I, I, don't, I mean, I, the news came out that the merger, that the merger between Discovery Plus and Warner, or whoever it is, HB, is it Warner? Warner? Is yeah, is Warner. It? Warner. DCU, whatever. Right, all that, all that happened now is causing potential. There's a new, there's a new person overseeing Zaslav, I think his name is, who's overseeing uh, everything and wants to sort of rein, you know, reinvigorate DC. So um, reinvigorate. Yeah, they want to bring in quote unquote. Uh, let me let me find the. Uh, 
I want to find the um, the quote, uh, which is basically um, where is it? Uh, he wants um, not where it is. One key priority is finding a Kevin Feige-like figure to oversee the company. However, instead of a quote-unquote creative guru, sources say Zaslav is more interested in hiring someone with a business background who can keep, quote-unquote, keep all the different factions at DC working more harmoniously. Yeah, that's exactly what the DCU needs. So, somebody with a Harvard MBA, you know, to come in and... <laughs> Make everything work right. Be a creative genius and set the studio straight. It looks like you're trying to do a Greek dance. You're going like, "Opa, okay, let's but, go." I mean, what let's the, go. What the fuck is a business person going to do? If he the loves comics, huh? What if he loves comics? You know, they, they he loves don't. Them. He mentioned no love for comics. He mentioned no love for creativity. He none of that was mentioned in there. No interest in what uh, uh, the source material. It's more of that BS. You know, I wish them the best. What they really need to do, and again, I'm playing an armchair, kind of like I'm running it, like I could do any better. But I'll tell you what I could do is not put out the crap that they put out <laughs> and not rely on the name recognition of the characters alone uh, to create films that go in any direction and allow you to create any iteration that has no love, <clears throat> connection, or sympathy outside of maybe costume similarities and names to the source material. But we're going to get yeah, more like Joker. So, yeah, I mean, well, here's that's the, that's great, right? my problem with this. The, they're, they're going for, sorry, Keith, I'm not trying to trample over no, what no. you're saying. But you're the other thing anyway. is that they're saying that they believe, Discovery believes that they, that, that the top shelf characters like Superman have been left to languish, which I agree. Because again, I think they, they but on the flip side, they're saying they believe that projects like Todd Phillips's Joker, uh, they're a shining example of how, quote unquote, how, how second build characters from the DC library can and should be exploited. Yeah, exploited. but they're not tied That's to one clear. another. It's like focus on getting your Superman right, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. I, and you also forgot the one key line that I thought was really interesting. <laughs> um, here we go. So basically, he wants to, he's toying with the idea of turning DC into its own solidified content vertical. What the fuck does that mean? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, you know so what they what need? Let me I'll tell you what you. it means, Artie. You know what it means? Is they need, in the Kevin Feige role, they need a, a, a revenue cycle leader. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to go in that direction. <laughs> of course you but, were. You know, you, I had to set that one up. On me, but that's exactly what it is. It's soulless, heartless, not understanding the content, corporate speak, by types, you know, and there's nothing wrong with money types, right? You need money types to, well, we need the money for all of them, but I won't even get. Do you think this? Do you think that this Kevin Feige will be interested in the number of key clicks that <laughs> that his writers yeah, do? Yeah, that's basically what they're doing. They're getting basically middle managers with no love of the content, maybe no understanding, maybe never read a comic, um, to guide the franchise. I think the reason why the MCU really started to take shape. Right under Feige is because he had some love for it. He started interacting with some of the key players in the comic book industry at Marvel at the time. But he wasn't well, from the comic book industry, though, right? Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't no, from there, no. I mean, right? But because you could argue, like, who is it? Who is it? Who was went to the DC? Was it Bendis? Who was who went? Was no, it, ben no, it wasn't Bendis. It was uh, the guy oh. who grew Lantern. 
Jeff Johns. Look, Jeff Johns I don't went over Johns. He obviously loves comics. I just think that they were still guided by a different mission. It wasn't his vision. Like I it, never got a sense. Uh, of it. Look, Jeff Johns is is the, one of the most overrated outwriters in comics. No, maybe. Basically, maybe. what he does is take stories from the seventies and updates it for the eighties and nineties and two thousands. He had a hand in the Josh Wyden uh, Justice League movie. So when Zack Snyder dropped out because of the very, you know, the, 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 the obviously very, you know, sad suicide of his daughter and Wyden was brought in, Jeff Johns kind of oversaw the rewrites with Wyden. And we saw what we got. Yeah, but there was nothing to save. I'll be honest with you. Neither the but Zack Snyder the version is, or the Union His attempts at trying to create, like, the Flash was written in, the, in, in his, you know, because Jeff Johns wrote one of the best Flash stories of all time. Whatever. He, there is nothing about DC that they're that they could do right now to kind of save it. What's going to happen is in five years. It's going to be the same cycle. Seven years, they're going to just reboot it again. I agree. And I think it goes a little deeper than that because I'm thinking from a production standpoint, it's also not getting the TLC love and commitment as the Marvel people are giving it. Like when I feel, when I see the guys from Marvel, they are literally so happy to be working together. You don't hear about people getting drunk and starting fights and you know, all sorts of shit. These are like good people in it because they love it. Like they may not have loved Marvel per se, right? Like I never got a chance, a sense that Chris Evans read Captain America books. Maybe you know something I don't know. But he invested in it and he became the character, you know? And I don't get the sense that you get any of that from uh, the writing to the production to the actors to anything in the universe. Like Vlad said in previous, you know, maybe we discussed it here or elsewhere, they're doing iterations of the character that are there in spirit, in, in name only, and they're taking it, or right, I'm gonna do a dark, gritty version of it. I'm gonna do a melodramatic version of it. I'm gonna take aspects of it and change it and make it real world or a super funny version. They're not going, I need to make a cohesive universe that stands together and can be mashed together when we need to put it together. Let's be honest. Like, what's the truest? What's the truest representation of a DC character on 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 screen? Superman from the Donner movies. That's it. And sadly, when when Brian Singer tried to update it, you know, it was a little too late. I mean, look, it was. I and I, and it's funny because already just but it wasn't even ahead. a good. I mean, he got Superman right in that movie up until he made him like a. It's Messiah. A creeper. A creep. Oh. A deadbeat dad. <laughs> and a stalker, a voyeur, right. you know. But I, that scene where he saved that space shuttle. That's that's up there. That's like that's Superman right there. Well, that scene, that scene is encapsulated. Yeah, you, you can put that up with any scene in the Donner movies in pretty much the actor too. So Brandon Routh was he he worked he, as Superman. He yeah. was Christopher I Reeve. I mean he that's really was. I thought he did a, you know, he captured, you know, what was good, what is good about Superman. Superman's not, you know, like a, like a fucking super destructive, dark, Emo. you know, like, you know, and Randy and, you know, jackhole. Well, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah, you're right. And here's the thing, even, and I know 
if there's any Snyderverse fans out there, sue me. I don't care. Here's the thing. Even with Superman's redemption at the end of the Justice League, where you know he finally comes back to the Justice League and he's Superman, regardless if he's wearing the 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 red and blue outfit in the Whedon version or the black outfit in 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 the in the in the director's cut, there's still the nightmare verse out there, and it's like Snyder is continuously making him. It's almost like everybody's latched on to Miller's hate of Superman mm-hmm. from '86 in Dark Knight Returns and constantly like no one should trust him. It's like Superman is hope. That's all he is. He's the, not all he is. He is the avatar of hope. The, sh- the brightest light in the shine in the dark. No, I know, I now I'm, I'm copying that. off of Green Lantern. Well, I agree with you hundred percent Vlad, but I think you could have that kind of, if you've already established him as hope and they've never done that. Yet. Well, th- yeah, they, they did the in, in the Snyder movies. They said, this means hope. This means hope. Yeah, but they didn't establish it in him. Metropolis in a fight. It's it was just terrible. And I think this is just I think I mean, even in Man of Steel, like Jonathan Kent's a fucking dick. <laughs> I mean, like, no, don't be a hero. Let me die with the fucking dog. Just for what? Yeah. You know, it, it, all it does is establish a like a like a pattern of assholishness in Snyder's movie. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. After post-crisis, now we're geeking out about comics, post-crisis, when they finally decided to kind of power down Superman and make him make him down to earth more, and they did Man of Steel, the burn, the burn version of it, he still retained who he was as Superman. It never changed, right? And they didn't make him emo. They didn't make him this. They made him because they felt like if you had him so powerful... He couldn't do anything, but yeah, at the same time, you don't change the core of the character. But that's it's the like thing. I think they don't get that. I don't think they understand. I mean, look, like we all enjoyed the Batman movie that just came out, right? right. We enjoyed it again. Is, is it the one of the best movies of all time? No, but the thing is, it's still a grim, gritty Batman movie. We saw a grim and gritty Batman with Michael Keaton. We saw Grim and Gritty with Christian Bale. We saw it with Ben Affleck. Now we're seeing it again. Consistency. We didn't see it with Joel Schumacher. (laughs) God bless Joel Schumacher. (laughs) I still think Batman and Robin is underrated, but that's... Fuck no, dude. (laughs) It's an underrated movie. Cool party. Um, Cool party. George's point, I think it boils down to this. Batman Forever, man. That one sucked. (laughs) I, I like Batman Forever. I didn't like... So I like I like Val Kilmer as a, your extra opinion. Yeah. So but anyway, the thing is, it's like that's that's Batman. You know, we've we don't see like any kind of difference in Batman in any of the movies. Yeah. He's just Batman. The best two things, the best iterations. Of the I'm not done yet. Oh, I didn't know. Sorry. Like like you'll see like in the MCU, you'll see like Tony Stark's character arc from the first Iron Man movie to the snap. Right, you know, it's the, the his character is changing from you know like variously throughout the, the the movies. Like you can't say the same thing about the Batman and the Christ- Christopher Nolan movies. You couldn't say the same thing about Batman. You try, you can maybe. Well, maybe. I think I think there's I think there's a character arc with in the Nolan movies. I I I I, I beg to differ. I think that. Even Snyder was trying to do it with, you know, 
where Batman was in Dawn of Justice and then where he ends up in Justice League and what they ultimately wanted to do, which is basically him sacrificing himself at the end of, if they were going to do the other film. But it's, I feel that those Snyder films have so much to do with, like, they're stuck on Miller, obviously Miller, and they're also stuck on Red. And then they're also that stuck on, and this is the it. other thing that drives me crazy. Yeah, somebody people, read it to him. What is it? Oh, God. Um, why am I having a hard time remembering this? Injustice. They're all stuck on the Injustice universe, that really dark universe, the dystopian, fucked up universe. It's like everybody is trying to do Days of Future Past. You know what I mean? And they're trying to take that because that's the interesting story. That's where everybody wants to see not the status quo. They want to see everything fucked up. But at the end of it, everything's, you know. Well, who wants to see everything fucked up? Because as you saw the numbers from the, the DC movies, you know, so, Justice League didn't do great. The Snyder fans were happy to see it, but even it didn't do that great in HBO Max regardless of the 500 Snyderverse fans. Yeah. Well, and again, this Batman movie, as good as this Batman movie did, it's not uh, uh, It's not within it, some sort of collective universe. They're, they're, it's, it's, it, it's a Batman universe. It's a know? Batman universe. It's, Harlequin's uh, going to be in the next movie, and it's not going to be Margot Robbie. It's going to be whoever. whoever they hire. And, you know, Black Adam, Aquaman, and The Flash... Yeah, but again, I think. But is Black it, Adam going to be part of the, the you know the DC like the Aquaman Flash movie? Is he going to be his own little? I mean, like, well, they're all over the place. They have the yeah, Berlanti well, universe, and they need to run through it and run it out. So here's what I got from it: the blurb said it all that you guys read. They don't have an understanding of what they need. They think they need to manage it like a manager would run a RCM <laughs> business or a bunch of analysts instead of a creative house that has a hundred years of publishing history behind it or so some of these characters and that's where they're failing and they just need to run through these movies and get to a better place where somebody eventually helms it that has some respect for the source material and oh. wants to put out a good cohesive connected universe i just feel like anything that they think they have some sl some critical and some commercial success with they're going to stick with. So obviously they're looking now. Oh, look, Peacemaker did well, so let's focus on this. You know, and again, it's get your core stuff right. The difference between DC and Marvel Studios when Marvel Studios started, think about it. Marvel Studios did not have their A characters. They had B characters. When you go back in this and look at the characters that they've ended up making them A-list characters, Iron Man wasn't an A-list character, Cap wasn't an A-list character, Thor wasn't a Cap. Uh, they, they, at the, at that time, it was the X-Men and yep. Spider-Man. Those two, the biggest properties were not in the MCU, and they were able to turn that around but in the a thing big was, way. What Marvel did was they did, you know, Iron Man. Then they did. Captain America. Then they did the Hulk. Then well, they, they did, did Hulk Thor. first, but yeah. But you know what I mean? I mean, they, they did those individual movies and they kind of built. DC did Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and Justice League. It's like, and Wonder Woman. Don't forget Wonder Woman. There was Wonder Woman. We could forget Wonder Woman. It's just like, you know, they tried to do their Avengers movie in three movies. Well, they were trying to catch up. Like and, they, and not only that... Like, you know, and then you had everything on television going on, so you have mm -hmm. all these people that are invested in That's the entirely Arrow different, right? Because you have but different people are invested in that. The, the flash yeah. movies different. 
I, have I think that's where they you. screwed themselves. I have a question for you. If they had done a crossover, sort of like that, where they were able to sort of like a true crossover, where like, like Barry Allen, Barry, <laughs> Barry Allen, Barry Allen from the Flash TV show was the Flash. At this point, I'm. I'm, I'm not talking now. I'm talking oh. about missed opportunities where they could have. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I don't know if it would have been any better because how they would have produced it and executed it might have been terrible. Look at Disney I, Plus. I have no faith in Disney Plus in, is having crossovers with all of these characters. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's Marvel. That's MCU. That's you know. Well, again, it's Warner Brothers. But there's all these these. I'm talking about. Let's put all these caveats aside. That Batman can't be on a TV show. No, I I, 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 we, I know what you're saying. My problem is I don't believe they could execute on it. No, he's right. I agree That's with you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I'm just throwing it out there, saying would they the, had more success? And I already have a better version of them. They had the Ju Justice League Unlimited. They had the Batman cartoon, and they had the Superman cartoon, and those things mm -hmm. stand up and were absolutely. That's Paul Dini, right? Mm -hmm. So that was that was that yeah. universe was great. But you know, the thing um, I do want to point out though that uh, that kind of got a little bit wrong is when. In the Marvel movie started, one of the main problems was the fact that they kind of catered to the creatives, you know, because they had like the writers thing that you know Feige had to like deal with. And and what's his name? Perlman, Ron Perlman, whatever. His, what was his name? Uh, uh, oh, what's his name from from uh, Ike Perlmutter? Ike, Ike Perlmutter, thank you. Yeah, hmm. and once. You know, they got cut out of everything, and Feige got creative control of everything. That's when the movies kind of took off from the kind of cookie cutter look to like directors being able to direct. Um, you know, the writers they got were able to get. So they don't they don't necessarily need somebody from like the DC writers. They just need somebody that gives a shit about it enough. To be like that gatekeeper and make sure that we're going to tell a cohesive story. This is how we're going to tell it. And then, because you know, people will say, "Oh, you know, look at DC. They got Zack Snyder. He had his vision, but fucking James Gunn has his own little quirks, and he was able to tell his. You can't say that Guardians of the Galaxy was not a James Gunn movie. Right. You can't say that the the Russo brothers put their stamp on the Captain America movies." And Infinity Wars. The guy who, who John um, Watt, who's directing the Spider-Man Spider movies. Now he's going to do FFF too. Right. But the thing is, it's like, you could tell that it's not the same kind of director, directorial style between the all the MCU movies once Faggy got control of it. George, hold on a second. What the hell's wrong with you? I'm so excited. You mentioned FF. It's just I know it's going to blow all of us out the water. As soon as I see a streak of silver across the screen, or a, or a chrome mask, or hear the hear Ben Grimm say something about Yancey Street or Clobbering Time. Or, what yeah. if they hire Elliot Page as the thing? Would you still be crazy about it? <laughs> oh, do you have to cut this? Yeah, you might have to cut it. I have to cut this. <laughs> no. They're going to get somebody, the appropriate people, to play. The There's part. this is this is going to be the most highly edited episode. Why? There's so much shit in here that we can <laughs> like a jump cut. All right, are we done? I just got the plane on TBS. 
Did you see? This you is gonna done? be worse than. This is gonna be worse than nine and a half weeks on TNT, right? Mm. It's gonna be like. <laughs> <laughs> or when they would when they would overdub all the all the uh, the bad the bad language. There you go. That's what it's gonna be. It'll be like the how did they get this good on Midnight Blue? Tracy Lord's movie on Channel Seven. <laughs> how did the they get to do it on Midnight Blue? They used to put like black like like things over the uh, section. I'll just do a whole black thing over you, just like. Just <laughs> Anyway, we need the to go off. We, we need to talk about a few more things before we go. So obviously, we got to talk about Gilbert, Gilbert mm. Gottfried. Yeah, uh, it's a shame. This is a crazy couple of months, right? And this is just more bad news. It's a triumvirate of horrible news. Yeah, I mean, it was it was Bob Saget, Louis Anderson, and now Gilbert. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't know what it is. They like, how old are they? Sixty. Mid sixty-seven. Mid to late sixties. Man, it's just terrible. I mean, it's a terrible disease. It's a super rare disease that got him. And it's just like, it's something that nobody knows about. And it's that's what makes it tragic. Like, I, I know he's been ubiquitous, meaning he's been around and done so many things in film and for kind definition. of stuff for several years. I didn't realize that so many people had this genuine like love for him. Well, he's a he comedian. He's such a genuinely nice person, too. Well, I didn't know much about his personal life. Well, he didn't. Nobody knew a lot yeah. about his personal life. I was interactions with other artists, like things that appeared on Howard Stern or from other other artists. I'm like, wow, he had relationships with these people. Did you read what our, Howard had to say? It was it was interesting because Howard had him on for like 122 times. Yeah, and he goes, he loved he loved Gilbert, but but and he felt like Gilbert could have been the biggest comic of all time, but you know Gilbert was kind of set in his ways, you know, and you know he was always you know. You could you could argue you know his him and the aristocrats was great like the whole joke everything that he does, but he would go blue like really hardcore blue anywhere he didn't care he wouldn't cater to audiences so he was always like that type of person he was kind of set in his ways, and but comedians adored him they yeah, loved him he's a comedian's comedian I mean, like you know don't forget his he was the first comedian to joke about nine eleven <laughs> too soon. Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> yeah, and then he told the aristocrat jokes, and he had everyone laughing. Like he brought them all back, and it was at one of the roasts. Yeah, it was a few yeah. weeks after the roast. Yeah, but the thing is, I, that's I know it's you know it's a really touchy subject now, but that's what comedy does. It's like those difficult moments kind of helps you, yeah, emotionally deal with it. Without a doubt, you know, and I, I, you know, like he lost the, his job as the Affleck duck because of a. <laughs> yep. Which and I'm then not they ended up hiring somebody right who sounded just great. like him, huh? just like him to continue the Aflac, to continue. They did, him. right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about comedy. Comedy should be comedy should be off limits in terms of any sort of. You should be able to just go with it. It's, it's, it's like that bastion of like that frontier where people should be able to say what they want to say. And, and you saw his tweet. His last tweet was about um, Chris Rock. Oh, I yeah, didn't see it. That was great. What did he say? Said, what was the what was the what was the most upsetting thing for you? Was it yeah, that it was, it was vicious, it was right? Vicious. Chris Rock or that Chris Rock told a joke? Yeah, that was it. It was vicious. <laughs> that was it. But that's that's great, right? Like it's it's vicious. It's blue, whatever we want to call it, right? It's vicious. I don't know. It's, like, it's like the comedy we grew up. Uh, well, that's, know, maybe, maybe it's a t it's 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 a sign of the times, and that's a whole nother discussion, which can get get mm -hmm. political. It can be very sensitive, but 
go back and watch Ricky Gervais last the nine minutes of Ricky Gervais destroying at at the uh, Golden, at the Globes. Golden Globes. Globes. Oh, I mean, God. that's I mean, just yeah. like evisceration. Yeah, at the I, highest level. Yeah, I, mean, I know, and we kind of missed. He's like Chris he's Rock, Will Smith comics that's kind of holding on to that torch. I mean, like the stuff he had to say about, like after you know, like he's like one of those comedians that would have been at home in the seventies. You know the kind of jokes that he tells, and he, you know, he's not. Whether you agree with him or not, he's more than willing to offer his opinion in a funny way, and make you think about it. Well, Chappelle does it. Chappelle's continues yeah, to do it. We have great contemporaries now, currently running around. Like you have the Chappelles, you have Chris Rock. Chris, Chris Rock, Rock to me is, is is great. You know, you got you know. I didn't like him, but I started liking him. Bill Burr. He's funny as heck. Bill Burr oh, is Bill fucking. Burr. Bill Burr is Bill Burr is <laughs> up there. Yeah. Like I went into it thinking he was doing a certain kind of comedy, and I just started listening to him, and I love him, and I love his appearances when he talks. He's hilarious. So oh, yeah. I think there's people that are out there that I, I agree with you guys 100. This is an area where these guys gotta can shoot. Let them fucking shoot in any forum they're at. They go up and do their acts. And we connect with them because they say and hard truths. It doesn't have to. It, it's not. It has to be like a liberal comic or yeah. or, or conservative comic. Com comedy should be what it is. It's like let it be. It's like first of all, if you're in the audience, you're there to listen to their what they're saying. It's, if you're offended by it, it's the same thing as watching something on television. You get up and you change the channel and you walk away. You want to write. You want to write to. You want to write to PBS or whatever channel was showing this and say that. At the end of the day, that's freedom of speech, right? You can you can argue that. Yeah. I if you were offended way, by something, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, again, jumping into the political part of it, I I just think that that I think there's at least in like when I just talking about the Chris Rock incident without getting too deep into it, uh, you know, I again, he did something I don't think was necessarily wrong. Um, from a like he did his job that night, Chris Rock, and. You know, I won't get into kind of like her issues and then issues that Will may be having. You know, was it a funny joke? I didn't think that was his funniest joke ever, but he was doing what they were doing on stage. Well, he was he was he was livening up the crowd. Uh -huh. What he had he and he basically he was and again, I don't want to I don't want to go down this road, yeah. but Bill Maher did a whole breakdown last week yeah, of it. the anatomy of a joke. You know, <laughs> jokes for idiots, right? Mm -hmm. Jokes for dummies, and kind of broke down exactly. He's working the room. He's telling jokes. He had just made a joke about uh, Javier Bardem. Before that, he had made a joke about who was there too. It was Javier Bardem and somebody else, and then he made the joke about <laughs> Will. Anyway, it doesn't. We don't have to break that down. Yeah. Comedy should be off limits. It, sh it should be the one place where it's like. Just let it be. Just let people say what they want to. Say. I mean, you don't have to listen to it. You don't. Yeah. And anyway, Men back know to what guilt. A comic is going to be like before you go see him. Well, can For you imagine Dice? Can you imagine if Dice was around now? <laughs> I mean, like he is around now. Don't get don't get me wrong. But Dice doing what he does now, or Sam Kinison for that matter, or. <laughs> Even some of the stuff that even look George Carlin for Christ's sakes, the one person we need now is George. <laughs> we do need George. Yeah, we now. need him. We need him. But uh, you know, back to the topic of Gilbert Gottfried, I can't remember where I first discovered him. It had to be in the late, latest seventies, early eighties. It was. It was. Well, yeah. It was. He was maybe originally the, the on MTV. Specials, maybe. 
He was Rodney Dangerfield. He was he was on he was one of the spokesmen, initial spokesmen for MTV. Okay. He was yeah, obviously so he was he he was in um he was in Beverly Hills Cop Two. Uh -huh. That great scene, you know. And he actually was for a <laughs> short period of time on SNL. The, yeah. One of the seasons that he that uh, one of the first seasons that Eddie Murphy was there. Hmm. Mr. Nixaplek. Yeah, he's. Oh, he did so many voices. Yeah. 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 Like again, I, the thing I didn't know it's a loss. And the weird thing is now at our, our age, what are we in our fifties without telling anybody exactly? You just uh, did. Uh, I. It's really sad sometimes. You know, we, we go onto Facebook or we go into social media or we just go to news you know, to open our email and get those news feeds and boom, somebody that we had at least visibility to us or some sort of connection is gone. You know, I've been watching Seinfeld, right? I've been I'm up to season halfway through season nine. And in the last week, you had the two moms pass, right? The mom, the other, That's Jerry's mom couple, passed today. I mean, there's yesterday or today. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy. The world, you know, it is what it is. And what's funny is I used to think about that, you know, before we move on, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I started thinking, what age am I? I'm starting to see more and more people that I knew as rock stars, movie stars, TV stars passing. And I said, well, I'm in my 40s, going into my 50s. These guys got to be going into their 70s, you know, now. It's part of life, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's, anyway. it's... Yeah. Terrible news. <laughs> it's terrible news. It's sad. It's It's surprising. On a lighter note... <laughs> We, nice segue. Uh, on a segue, we could talk about uh, D and D. There was some news on the D and D front. Artie, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So there was an announcement that Wizards of the Coast is purchasing uh, the D and D Beyond site. Uh, so if people don't know, the D and D Beyond site is kind of a resource for gamers to play Dungeons and Dragons uh, and have resources and tools for DMs and players uh, to use. And I think it's a natural fit to me. I think with D&D, uh, &D, it's basically growing as much as it has and modernizing that it, you know, partner, gobble up, buy. I don't think they're going to change much about it. Uh, the most popular platform where people, where gamers go today, it just makes sense for D&D. &D. I mean, it seems natural to me. Uh, I don't particularly use it, although I'm a member much. I'm a very tactile person when it comes to D&D, &D, even though we played virtually <laughs> our last campaign right but i love something about having the books in my hands and drawing out you my like, maps you like you like cupping the dice oh i love i love i love it man <laughs> um but i think it's a good move i think it's a na it seems natural to me and i think we're going to get a players who use it are going to get a lot of utility out of it you know it's an opportunity to have all your books in one place once you purchase it all the resources there may be well, that that alone is a big one. I think that's the fact that you you know that's that's one of the things that pissed me off a lot because all of my D and D books that I have, you know, uh -huh. you can't. It doesn't translate to the D and D and beyond. You should yeah. be able to buy it once. It's like like Kindle. You know, you have it, and yeah. it should be able to be in different locations. You know, yeah. And I'm pretty sure they're going to build tools into it for players too and DMs. Like there's so much out there now. I don't know how much you guys know, Keith. I see you play with other DMs and stuff, so you might see. There's a community that creates, you know, through Kickstarters, through GoFundMes, uh, books, modules, digital only content, resources for creating maps, world building, creatures, templates, digitally. That is out there. You can, like, you guys, you see us, me with a crudely formed map, map and 
we're doing draw me stuff on a whiteboard when we play, but you have people, you know, really using these tools effectively. And I think the modern, more computer savvy, not Neanderthals like me, uh, who play the game are going to get a lot out of it. No, you already have roll 20. You have a found one. has been around yeah. for a while, right? Have this I think this is really going to, people who are married to D&D, because right. I think that's the entry point for a lot of gamers, even now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think once you're playing D&D for a while and you get into that culture, you may be exposed to other things. Like we have friends like Adam Dickstein, old school players like us. We remember the strategists and shops to go to, to buy books and interact with people and they may say this box set is good or this other genre is good. I'm not sure how much that happens in the D and D world now, just like magic, the gathering. It's kind of like that. will be all online and digital, you know, back yeah. then we had to like hunt down shops to find these things. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a good resource for that type of player. I see a big debate online and I get into arguments with people kind of like you. What? Yeah. But you know, I'm an old grumpy person. You guys know that. I complain probably more than anybody about comics, games, movies, and everything. You complain okay. about it where? Because it's not happening on Facebook. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I have a very high understanding. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You have a very high understanding? Go on. <laughs> because this is going somewhere. That I'm not the vanguard of the hobby. <laughs> Stop. Right? Stop. There's too much. I can't take it. High Vanguard, high understanding Vanguard. What's next? It's, what's... No, but what I mean by that is the debate going on is Vertical, uh, <laughs> which is, is going to censor us. It's all woke culture gaming and this and that. It's not realistic anymore. Is this what they're arguing again? This is what they're no, arguing? This is the type of posts I see and then I start to engage. And basically, uh, D&D was never realistic. Right. Everybody did their homebrew. It wasn't? No. What? Right, right. It was everybody did their homebrew version. If somebody liked anime, even back in the 80s, they anime tinged their D&D, right? Some people pay high power campaigns like me. I'm throwing you guys our artifacts after the first adventure, right? Some people play, you get hit bit by a snake, you die, you know? It, just let people play at your table, play the way you want. The game is grown. If D&D or Wizards of the Coast owns all the material now. I have all my original books. All these old people have bigger collections than I do. They have their original books. If D&D edits the new stuff because they're saying it doesn't fit with who our player base is today, that's up to them. Let them do it. You still have all your stuff. I think the complaint is that the influence that it's going to have on the next generation and what those kids are going to be bringing up into the, to the world. In but terms it's, their, of- it's their game. Let them do it. They own their world. And you're up. So you're absolutely right. And I think if if they're still, if they're still drawn to it, like we were, there's a sense of creativity that they'll come out of it where it doesn't matter what's in their books that are, if it's woke or whatever the case might be, they're going to play it the the way that their friends are going to play it together. Yeah, exactly. That's what the table is. Like the thing I always go to, we make off color jokes, right? Mm -hmm. We never, you know, we do play our way. We, we play the way we want to play. We don't, we don't look at somebody else's table and go, oh, well, they're not playing D and D correctly. Because they're using the four dice method, take out the lowest dice method to play characters. What kind of losers are these guys? Where are you? you know, let people enjoy the way they play and, and do it. So going back to it, Vlad, I think it's a really good thing, at least for the modern player. They're really going to get a lot out of it. My hope is that Wizards of the Coast invests in it, 
to make it a platform where people want to go and not only be the repository for all their digital purchases. Are you concerned? Are you concerned that, you know, this is the, you know, the digitization, the, the digitization. Never going to happen. Never going to happen because they make so much money over the, off those hardcovers and the special edition covers and dice and creatures of the realms. Tactile you know? things, right? Yeah, so there's, they're never going to stop doing that. It's, and that's the other argument people have. We're never what did you say, George? A, I'm sorry, what did you say? It's going to be a supplementary type of... Yeah. They're still gonna, it's still going to be the books. If you get the book, you know, maybe it'll tie where if you buy the book, you'll get the online book for like a percentage off. Who knows? But, I just hope that it, you know, like I, I'm just going back to stop with the double dipping. Yeah, I, I hope they do that too. What I think we will see though, is digital only content at first, and then they'll probably group it up and put it in books, like, and then sell it as a book for people. I mean, but it also allows you know fans an opportunity to do their own homebrew adventures and maybe upload it. You know, if it meets sure. standards. And, and believe it or not, they do a lot of that on D and D Beyond and and the different yeah. areas in, in the web D and D. If they keep that, it's it, it could be an exciting opportunity for them if they handle it correctly. Yeah. So I feel it's just a good comes thing. down to, and I hope we start playing D and D again. We have to do the podcast, but I'm wondering, you know, now that they've digitized <laughs> it, that. did they? <laughs> did they? Did they? <laughs> I have a question. I mean, really, really, I just had a moment where I wanted us to get together and have fun <laughs> playing together with. What? Fuck you, Aaron. We got to do the podcast. It's more important. You just make sure you show up and entertain the masses. Fuck you. <laughs> just be a monkey. Just, just, just. <laughs> what we should do? We should do like uh, what do you call it? Like when it's like a D and D anniversary, we should just do like a live stream of us playing D and D one time. Yeah. I wonder. Do you think they hired a revenue cycle leader to to take care of the digitization? <laughs> what about the vertical content? <laughs> High understanding. I'm a high understanding. Wait, what is it? I'm a, highly, I'm a highly what? You said highly. You don't even remember? <laughs> you said highly understand. You said high understanding. I have a high understanding. I'm at the vanguard of this operation. Hold on, hold on. Dude, well, you got to say that above me like a narration. He is this. This individual has high understanding. He is a vanguard of idiocy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the next subject? Last thing we got to talk about is the Stranger Things season four trailer that dropped. Echna. Which is apparently a D&D &D character. He's a yeah, wizard. He's basically the original D&D villain, right? The original D&D &D lich villain. So we, everything ties in. There's synergy. Is that a <laughs> revenue cycle leader word, synergy? Is that yes, something it is you actually. Use we use that quite a bit. Synergi synergistic, right? Yes. Key strokes, key clicks, synergy. So let's talk about the Stranger Things trailer. So obviously they're they're pulling an Ozark where they're going to split it into two parts, which I don't understand. There's nine episodes and they're going to what? Drop five on May 27th and four on July 1st. They're dropping them all at once? No, they're not. They're breaking them into two volumes. There's nine episodes. But this is not the final season, right? No, it's the beginning of the end. And it's they're, oh, are they dropping them? simultaneously for the piece of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Netflix does the, the drop of the, you know, like the, the chunk and then the next chunk. Okay. So I think, it, you know, it looks like it, apparently it takes place, according to the trailer, it takes place six months after the Starcourt uh, mall incident. And um, it's interesting, you know, obviously. 11 it, lost their powers? 
Eleven lost her powers, but apparently it looks like they need to get her powers back, right? Maybe Look, I, I I'm a big I'm, I'm a big Stranger Things fan. I I do feel that it's I have to go back and rewatch the. It's been forever since I've seen the, the seasons. Mm -hmm. Try to go back and understand where they're going. My problem is that it takes place six months afterwards. The kids have grown up so much; it feels like six years since <laughs> yeah, the last right. one. And they would uh, use force perspective like Lord of the Rings to make. Right. That's what they would use to make Artie Puck. <laughs> they don't need to do much. Use that. Imagine I, imagine I learned to do somersaults and I come to your house. We all group up in New York and I do that up like Fifth Avenue or something. And then you'll get bumped into somebody and then you'll uh, cook her. Hey, uh, I, I am, I've decided to turn over a new leaf. Really, and blame, but still blame me because I didn't stop you, right? How many, you've, you've turned over more leaves than upstate New York during the autumn. Yeah, I can't be, I can't be mad at people anymore. People do things and incorrectly i'm sorry they make mistakes wow and vlad what i found in my life is before we get back to stranger things is vlad Please. likes to see me rage so instead of helping me deal with the situation and, re and reminding me he's like oh i'll ignore it and just watch him go crazy and then act like i didn't know what was happening and then yeah. afterwards he explains the whole thing because he saw the whole thing witnessed everything and just enjoyed it. Now it's a. a I did. You tell. think you think I you think I like hearing that? Yes. So Stranger Things, I I wanted to not be excited when you guys put the thing up that the trailer was out, and then mm -hmm. I watched it and I got super excited. It is a long trailer, right? Like three plus it minutes, is. I think. That's a long trailer. Uh, let me let me let me let me let me stop for a second. Uh, fans. Friends, fan, fan. I'm looking at our signal chat for the oh. last year, <laughs> and uh, Iliopolis XD has pretty much said, "I hate people, fucking despise people." <laughs> I hate uh, that was on one eighteen twenty twenty two, on eleven one twenty one. I hate people. Uh, on eleven one twenty one, I hate people again. Eight eighteen twenty one. I fucking hate people. <laughs> And then uh, here's my favorite one. Every time I travel, I'm reminded how much I hate people and I'm disgusted. I have to be around them. I didn't write that. Nothing. It's but just a garbage airport. I regret being amicable. <laughs> but, he, but he turned over a new leaf. I did. I will no longer be that person. And the douchebag business travelers. <laughs> Which, of course, he is one of. Oh, look at me. I have a suit. Wow. Okay. High understanding at the vanguard of tolerance and patience. That's you. Anyway, back to Stranger Things because, you know, like we said, we were going to try to keep this under an hour. It's not. Good luck. Look at, you won't shut up. <laughs> I will say that I, I was kind of eh about the trailer. I'm honestly, you know, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I think I'll be excited once it comes, you know, and it's here and I'll watch it. Um, it's just been so long. You, I just you wasn't just... a fan of the last season. I thought it was okay, but. I actually well, like the second. Did you people? Did you not see that creature at the end? Okay. 
Didn't that look like the fucking Wait, coolest Is there thing anything you ever that saw? you just go meh about? There's plenty of things you go meh about. When we say it, you're like, eh. Yeah, but that's because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I do. What are you saying? Like- but who's Papa Memoretus? Yeah, can you tell us who Papa Memoretus is? Uh, that's me. Why are you Papa pa- Memoretus? Why are you Papa Memoretus now? I don't know. Somebody named me that. Everything. You guys named me that. I'm very positive about everything that you guys discuss. <laughs> Oh, no, shit. But listen, I, I, one second, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Here we go. Now, now, why do you say shit when he's going to fact check you in five seconds? That's well, my I'm job. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Stranger Things. Thank you, Keith. So am hmm. I. I'm not saying I'm not looking forward to it. I feel like I just have to go back and be reminded of the story again because it's nope. been so long. Nope. I'm just going to go right in and be like, oh, yeah. I'm I feel like that. Be like this. Okay, yeah. good. Good for you, Keith. Good for you. You remember everything. That's <laughs> no, good. I don't. But I don't care. See, I just figured that I'll go in and it'll eventually catch me up to it, and then it'll I'll catch just, you. What, what, what about you already? Because matter for yeah. going forward anyway. Are you you're gonna watch it? First of all, no. Oh, you're excited about Stranger Things? Did I say excited? Yeah, I guess. No, so. no, no, not you, Keith. You said you're excited about Stranger Things. Is that I what am. came out? What channel is Stranger Things on? Huh? <laughs> Netflix, I think. Got it. Stranger Things. He thinks. Not so excited about. I don't know why I get anxious with the non-Disney Plus stuff. What's that Amazon show coming out? <laughs> so wait a second. That's what you're telling us, and now you're calling me an yeah, idiot because I'm I not excited. Afterwards, we had a conversation. I said I watched the trailer. It does make. Uh, that That's true. Good. You did. You did. You, yes, you did. Yes. Yeah, I'm not so, afraid to say I've changed my mind or I've turned over a new leaf. Or you're going to eat crow. No, I've also watched the first two episodes of Outer Range. How oh, was it? Yeah, oh, look, you know, oh, yeah, how was it? Wait, 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 wait. Time out. That's what he was angry about because we didn't tell him about it. So basically, you should be angry at Keith because Keith watched it without telling you. No, but that's because he was busy. You guys knew it and you didn't tell me. No, I didn't know. You know, I, I go and I'm looking for something to watch today because I wasn't feeling too good. Not that anybody cares that I have. Can I ask you, when you went to go look for something, did you pull out the TV guide and start looking <laughs> in the TV guide magazine? Did you stop to do the crossword in the back? <laughs> did you go make some Sanka too while you were at it? No, but I don't understand why you guys, you know, you guys are so into the moment and everything, everything that comes out, you guys are all over it. And then the one thing that I'm interested in that I told you guys to remind me of you forgot completely. When did you tell us this? When I first saw the preview, I said, did you see the preview for the... Uh, out of range. The Outer Limits? No, Out of Range. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. We, we're, we're, all, we're all squirrels trying to get nuts in Artie's <laughs> world. You know, that's what we have to do. So we have to always stock up for the, for the I, master. We have to I give still him don't even remember you ever mentioning that. So He did mention it. At one I point, he did lie. mention it. When? Oh, when I think when the trailer first came out a while back. At the same time, I mentioned Severance to you guys months ago. Hmm. Yeah, and I see like I I see you're still waiting for Netflix to send you the CDs on that one. Apparently, apparently my my T-Mobile doesn't won't won't give me the uh, Apple Plus thing. Yeah, so you guys gave us false information. No, no, it's it, it it was, but my my don't 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 hitch on to that shit. My thing was it, but I I didn't have the right. Plan. You're not plan. on the right yeah, plan right to do it. Right, got you. Whatever While that already means. has oh, the you notice Vlad didn't say something like he could have said, like I would have said if we lived closer, Keith, I would have said, Keith, 
listen, I'm not doing anything this weekend. Why don't you come over? I'll order a gyro and I'll be the only one who eats it because um, I'm not going to be a good friend. Uh, like Vlad called me today and he's chomping on a gyro with a plate on his chest, <laughs> talking to me with gyro flying out of his mouth. Invite you over to watch it. Right? Why did I, first of all, why did I, why did I call you? Because you're yelling at us in the chat about something we have no idea about. George, I had no, I had to call him to find out what the hell he was arguing. I didn't even give a shit to call. Right. That's the kind of dirtbags the two of you are. What up, dirtbags? Why, why? You don't give a shit. And then Vlad, this is the respect Vlad has for a 30 year friendship. Let me just explain. Hey, hey, Vlad. He's got the plate right here. He's got like a fucking piece of a gyro. Shoot that in the side of his mouth. You know what I did? What are you talking to? I'm like, who are you talking to? You don't address me like this. We are peers when we talk, okay? No, but that's fine. You know, it's like, yeah. Anyway, the first two episodes are okay. Interesting. We'll see where it goes. I'm going to watch them, I think, tonight. I think we got the Bill Maher thing, the Bill Maher special. He's off tonight. So I'm going to try and catch those tomorrow morning. The only I will recommend something else, but I don't know if you guys care. I am watching Tokyo Vice on HBO Max, which is really good. It gets good. Oh, it's 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 really good. It's Hmm. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Christine, my wife, is enjoying it as well. It's it's something we watch together. It's 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 not Severance. Right. It's different. I'm sorry. Who's the actor in it? Anson, 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 Ansel Elgo, Angot, whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah, I've seen him in other things. Yeah, no. Baby Driver, West Side nope. Story. <laughs> nope. Fuck that dude. What did he do? He's just an asshole. I don't like the way he acts. He's a shitty actor. Ken Watanabe's in it too. Uh, Ken Watanabe's in it. Um, yeah, I do like Ken Watanabe. I, I'm, enjo- I'm enjoying it. It's Michael Mann. Michael Mann directed the first episode. I should watch Stranger Things season three then watch that. How long is the how long are the episodes? Are they hour an hour? Long? And it's only it's and basically what they did was they dropped three on on the first week. They're dropping two episodes a week, hmm. and I think it'll be done in two weeks. So it's uh, that and it's based on a true story. So cool. And the only the only other thing I'm going to bring up, I know we're 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 going off here is I don't know where the fuck Halo is going. <laughs> I saw Halo yesterday. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like I for me it's got- like it goes up and down. Like right. what? episode one's okay. Two was kind of trash. Three was a was this three or four? Four. This is four. The problem with okay. it is the, the whole story on Mandrigal that's got nothing to do with Master yeah. Chief right now is I could give a shit. I'm re, I'm fast forwarding through that. I, I couldn't like, care about it. I think they're trying to tie it in somehow, but it, it, to me it's just it's annoying. Yeah. It's <laughs> unnecessary. It reminds me of the affair of Halo. Yeah, it's <laughs> like yeah, it's like a love hate. Like it goes up and down. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't recommend it. No, it's I would kind not. Of, I, no, I, it's not. It's very uneven. I mean, I understand where they're trying to go ultimately with Master Chief and Cortana mm-hmm. and everything, yeah. but it's like one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. And and to me, it reminds me of like when I was watching Arrow and I started not caring about the bat, uh, the 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 uh, the uh, the uh, the pat the the, the the what am I saying? The flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about the flashbacks. I would just forward through, fast forward yeah. through the flashbacks to get to the to the current story. Yeah, if it so just concentrate on Master Chief and and the, the, that that storyline and just that one, it'd be, it'd be, yeah. I'd be kind of okay with it. Yeah, I don't recommend it. So I'm sorry. But I'm other than sorry. that, okay. before we go, 
Artie, do you want to regale us with any other um, high evolutionary uh, Vanguardian? We've, we've already run over time. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> We well, can't wait. afford another five minutes. Considering how much we're going to edit out of this one, <laughs> we, <need> some... <laughs> we might be under an hour, huh? We might be we might be under four <laughs> minutes. So, Anything else? I think, I think we're good. I think uh, <laughs> we can sign off now. Uh, if, anybody, if anybody wants to reach me, uh, you know, uh, iliopolisxd.com. You guys can find me. Ask me any questions below in the comment section. I'll be... Uh, Help steal your, your life right. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually choked up because I think that's really powerful. The fact that you're putting yourself out there, you're putting yourself out there in such a way to be an avatar. A vanguard. Of but an avatar of kindness, hmm. of tolerance, of disingenuousness. Ally? Peace and love. Ally. Peace, peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> Right. That's there's, I'm, I, you know, look, I'm blowing so much smoke up your ass that you're that you're feeling that powerful right now. Uh oh, look at him. George, He's anything to say right before now. we go? I know you have plenty you want to say, but you don't want to say it. <laughs> that. <laughs> okay. Glad you do it too with me. No, I'm not going to do that with you. Cause it's like it's like look at you. It's like it's like it's a good heart. What if I do it all episode? Thank you, Keith. You're the good person. That's a friend. It's such a it's heart. All heart. It's all heart. That was half heart. <laughs> this little slack job is. <laughs> there we edited it. Thanks, George. <laughs> anyway, thank you everybody for putting up with us. This was our unlucky thirteenth episode. Mm. There's some good bits in there. There's some. Okay, I think. <laughs> what's wrong with you? I'm a zombie. It's Friday the 13th. What does Friday the 13th have to do with zombies, jackass? <laughs> All right. Well, monsters, scary, bad luck. Universal it's Friday the 15th. Like Universal monsters. All right. So it's the 13th episode. So I'm taking the Friday that is in reality. It's Friday. And then it's our 13th episode. So I'm just. Shit. We need a revenue cycle leader to explain that to us. <laughs> This is going to drive the content vertically. <laughs> this is our 13th episode. It's the corporate speak episode. <laughs> can you, can you, can you, can you let us, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody, but before we do that, we want Iliopolis XD to give us some corporate speak signing off. Can you do that for us? Yeah. I think really, as we, you know, we recently closed the quarter. Um, we really got to look at, if we met our objectives and our initiatives for the quarter, um, we're gonna spend the next month to three months um, looking at our revenue, looking at our performance, um, see if we met certain corporate metrics and then decide how to proceed. Um, I think we'll look at our staffing, we'll look at our, our content library and see what content works for us, what didn't work for us, probably do some use some tracking tools um, in our toolkit you know, Vlad, you're very good at that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you get working on that, George, um, if you could go whore yourself out on a corner somewhere and make some money for us, Keith, you're the good person in the group. So any funds that we get should probably go to you directly to continue the good spirit and um, happiness uh, and teamwork you bring to this organization. So thank you very much.
I'm glad you picked the guy with the biggest dick to be the whore. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. We're out, everybody. To take care, everybody. We'll see you guys see you next, next week, week like, guys. Like and subscribe. We love you. Okay. Some of you. Take care. <laughs>